0: Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we would encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, we're in this series um, on joy. And, and one of the things I believe is that uh, joy should mark the Christian life. I think that when we read through the scriptures, that we're not driven, the name of the series is Driven by Joy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the only thing that drives us. But I think that one of the ways that Christianity uh, will be clear and seen by people that don't know Jesus, as if the people of God are consumed and filled with supernatural joy, and so uh, and so we, we read that that parable in there where it talks about that the in in his joy Jesus said it in his joy he goes and sells all he has. And buys the field. And, and, and the reason why I put that in there is because it's a motivator. It's, it's the reason. And I think some people have a tendency to have shame-driven Christianity or, or obligation-driven Christianity. And my dream is, is that you'd be driven by joy. Yeah. My dream is that uh, we wanna be driven by love. And we, I'm not saying only Joy. But I do think that joy has got to percolate on the inside. And I do believe that the people who are uh, filled with anxiety and people that are angry and people that need God in their lives, if there's the supernatural joy of Jesus in us... That in that that, 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 that causes them to want what's alive inside of you. And so it's not mostly going to be what takes place on a stage on Sundays. It's mostly going to be what lives in the heart of the people of God throughout the week. And so we're digging in for this series on the joy that exists in the heart of the believer. And so last week we dug into uh, the joy of my salvation. And that's the idea. We, we, we talked about David's prayer, Psalm 51, restore unto me the joy of salvation. And, and, I, and I wanted to just work on your own joy in Jesus. So the grace that you have received produces a supernatural joy. So you're living in joy as a result of your knowledge of what Jesus has done for you. And so that's where we went last week. Here's where I want to go today. Uh, I want to talk about, this is kind of a fun word, but I want to talk about the joy of gospel partnership. And here's what I mean by that. There's the joy that takes place in you because Jesus has saved you, saved by grace. You're so forever thankful. Yes, I'm redeemed. You are the person that thanks God. You've saved me. We've sing songs about it. We celebrate it. Boom, we talked about it last week. I think there's a joy when we join Jesus on the Calvary Road uh, to go help people come to know him. And so the joy of other people stepping into salvation, there's joy there. I wanna go after today kind of a step beyond that And that is the joy in community, in partnership, because we're on mission to see people come to know Jesus. So the camaraderie that takes place in the people of God, because we're on mission together. So many people just want to have a friendship that's based upon the fact that we have mutual admiration. This is different than that. This is mutual mission. Sometimes it's hard for a friendship to stay long-term when it's just based upon, you're cool. No, you're cool. No, no, I like you. No, I like you. That, 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 that can only go so long. When we have something in common that's worth dying for, then we find joy in each other. And so I started preaching during the announcement. Sorry about that. But uh, here, here's the way that Paul says it in Philippians 1. I'm gonna read this and then we'll pray and then we'll go after it. Philippians says this. I thank my God every time I remember you. So he speaking to a church in Philippi, and he's in a Roman prison, and he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Say joy. Joy. Just a little louder, maybe a little more joy. Maybe smile a little bit this time. Look at the person next to you. Say joy. joy. All right, now look at your second choice, the person you don't have any joy in, and say, just kidding. Look at them and say joy. All right. I always pray with joy because of your... Par- Here's the because, and this is what I want to go after. Because. Because. There's a, it, well, why do I pray with joy? I pray with joy just because out of conviction. Well, he gives us a reason. I pray with joy because I'm a joyful person. Ah, he gives a reason. I, I also pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. I'm being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel. Now he's talking about his emotions. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you. And here's another great phrase. And I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Father, we love you today. And I ask Lord Jesus that Radiant Church would be filled with supernatural joy the joy of our salvation that consumes us, the joy of partnering with you in the great commission to see people come to know you and your great joy in your lost sons and daughters coming home. And God, the joy of partnering with friends and comrades to do something that makes a difference and lasts for eternity. We ask that you would fill us with joy. Everybody said amen. I don't know what it's like in your family, but in my family, there is a, a an apprentice making means. There is a an apprentice. Um vehicle. There is something that has entered my family that uh, disciples well. There is, th- there is a way that has suddenly entered into my family where somebody who once did not have something in their life, they now suddenly do have in their life. And you don't know where it came from, uh, but you all kind of know deep down that even though they didn't say where they learned to do this, we all kind of know that the way that they learned to do this sudden thing is YouTube. YouTube is the way, like YouTube is all of a sudden entered my family's life. You thought I was going in a different direction, didn't you? I mean, my daughter Liv, uh, she, she is an incredible uh, baker. She makes baked goods. It's phenomenal, it's amazing. Um, and YouTube has taught her and trained her well. Uh, my daughter Adeline is, uh, one day she's pulled out a ukulele and started playing the ukulele. I, I couldn't even say the word ukulele. Uh, and I said, Ads, where did you learn this? And she said, YouTube. Uh, my boy Justice uses YouTube for math. Uh, Dawson went with me one time, and uh, I finished. Speaking and I asked him to close out the service, and he got up there and he started praying for healing and he was inviting people to come up to the front and then they were laying hands on people and then he was telling them to go back and put their hands on where it hurts and all of a sudden we were praying for healing and the service just kept going and afterwards I said, that was incredible. that was amazing. You brought on like a whole second wave of believing God for healing and one of the young men in the service uh, was healed. I was so elated and I said, "Where did you learn that?" And I'm expecting that he's going to say a mentor, I read, I read a book." I prayed about it in my quiet time and he said... YouTube. Uh, I've been watching preachers pray for healing on YouTube, and I think in our culture today, uh, many of us, when we think, "Okay, I want to learn something new," there's an absence in my life, and I, I want to be trained in something. All of us, we think, "Hey, I know a means. I'll go take a master class online, maybe, or maybe I'll go uh, and and learn it online. I'll learn it from YouTube." And I just want to tell you today that far greater than a master class, or far better than YouTube, is the Word of God and what. Paul teaches us in Philippians about how to have joy in the midst of difficulty. And if you can lock in with your first response, not being YouTube or the internet, but the word of God, you'll find yourself in a better place. And so here's Paul and he's in this Roman prison cell and this church that he's writing to in Philippi, which is a mature church, he's finding joy in them. And all through Philippians, it's filled with joy. It's called the epistle of joy because there's so much joy. And I want to get just here in the very opening sentences, this phrase where he says, I prayed with joy because of the partnership in the gospel. That's just a fun phrase, the partnership in the gospel. And I want to look at us today and ask this question. What would it look like for your joy in partnering with people in the gospel to go up? So in other words, you have a culture where they say, find your joy in self. So you tend to think, I will have more joy if I have better health. I will have more joy if I have greater wealth. I will have greater joy if I fix my circumstance. I will have greater joy if I have more popularity. I will have greater joy if I have more fame. And it's countercultural to read what the Word of God says and think, I will have greater joy if I find it in Jesus. I will have greater joy if I find it in, here's the phrase, others. I'll have greater joy if I go on the mission of not just that I care about lost souls entering into heaven, but even the friends that I make along the way where that's their mission, so here's Paul and he speaks to this church in Philippi who they've believed the message of the gospel. They've embodied it. They've started to live it. They've helped support him financially. And he is over I mean he's overflowing with delight and joy in them and he says to them, "I always pray when I pray for you, I there's something inside of me. I pray with joy, which as you know, there's not much better than praying with joy." Many people think that joy is obligatory and miserable, but when you get to a place, we're actually to think, run movies in your mind about the people that you know that are after something bigger than the American dream. They're living for the Jesus dream and they're self sacrificially going after those things. And that's what you're going for because Jesus has changed you. You've decided to give your life and endure a little bit of sacrifice and suffering for the sake of eternity instead of time. And you find other people on the journey with you. You start to find joy in them and you actually like to pray for them. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, I, when I pray, for you. I've got joy because of this partnership that we have. So a culture that says a friend is somebody that can see your homepage or the culture that said a friend is somebody who our kids are on the same baseball team or a friend is maybe somebody that is a coworker or a friend is maybe somebody I went to high school with. Those pale in comparison, those friends are fading compared to what is deeply uh, filled with joy on gospel mission or on mutual mission or this, this unity that we have in something that lasts forever. And you will find yourself, if you, can, if you can start to think like Pastor Paul thinks as he writes to this church in Philippi, in your American context, my American context, and we can think this kingdom way of thinking or this gospel way of thinking, You'll be surprised how you will develop a greater level of joy. So you find it joy, restore joy. Jesus, the joy of my salvation. Now, Jesus, I want to grow in where I care about what you care about. So I want to, I, when, when we celebrate people giving their life to Jesus, or when we're making an invitation that on homecoming weekend in September, we're going to invite as many people as we possibly can to come to know Jesus. And when we celebrate baptisms, and when we say people gave their life to Jesus, I actually want in my heart, get it, get it, Lord, do it in my heart to where I, I have more joy about that number than about the number of my bank account. Or, or, or about the the number um, uh, of points in a Super Bowl victory. I, I, I want, I want to care like you care about souls being saved. I, I, I want that. I want, I want mine. T- i to be with you forever. I want to care about that, and then I want to build friendships. And if you get some of those, 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 I'm calling them here just gospel friendships. God, partner, gospel partnerships, because that's the, that's the word that Paul uses here, the partnership with the gospel. Then those people, I actually find joy in those people. Yeah. Monday night uh, at the prayer meeting, I was talking to a, a couple in our church, and they, were, they, they, they radiate. I mean, they have, they have the biggest smiles you've ever seen. And they said, David, we, uh, we, one of the things that just happened for us in our summer vacation, is we drove home and we, we pushed in the drive late into the night, Saturday night, because we didn't want to miss being at church on Sunday. We just love the people there so much. Okay, so in the culture, they're crazy. Hey, rest up. Hey, what's wrong? Don't you know? Don't, it's okay. Hey, chill. What, to have a, But in the kingdom, it makes sense. In the kingdom, it's like, oh, I find such joy in the camaraderie of the people of God. I can't wait to gather in the congregation, to declare worthy as the lamb, to take some moments and embrace somebody that's going through a hard time. I want to be someone on that. I want my time, my talent, my treasure to go towards what matters forever. And when I get around people that are like that, woo, baby, it's is, is better than another afternoon at the pool. No, 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 no. That's crazy. That's, that's religious. That's that. No, David, you're, you're preaching a religious idea. I knew I didn't like this church. I knew that guy. He'd end up in legalism. Oh no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Pull back for just a second. Just look at pastor Paul suffering in a Roman prison. And he says, I find joy. I find joy in the partnership with you. I'm just telling you it's available today. I'm just telling you that I had a testimony of it on Monday night and, and, and I'm not saying don't go on vacation. No, I just went on vacation. That's why I use the illustration. What's up? I did. All right. But I am saying that there's Something to be found in this idea of man, my, my, my joys have been aligned rightly. And I find joy in Jesus. I find joy in others. And I put those things above myself and you'll find greater joy. So, uh, kind of easy way to remember it is it spell. If you, if you put those in priority and you go, Jesus, others, yourself, joy. J-O-Y. But we live in a culture that just says me, right? So whenever I'm not feeling joy, well, I tend to just say, you know, why? And I'm yourself, you think. But I wanna say, if you, why am I not feeling joy? Okay, first, Jesus, you've saved me, all right? So I am redeemed. So my life is forever redeemed with Jesus forever. And I'm gonna put others before self. That's the way Paul talks in the next chapter where he says, uh, put others before yourself, Jesus is our example. And when you do that, not looking out for your own interest, but putting the interest of others before self, before you. There's a little secret to joy. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, verse four, verse, chapter two, verse three, or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So if you can put yourself third, <laughs> you'd be surprised the culture says, put yourself first, love yourself first, put, pay yourself first, think yourself first, Give every, you first, you first, you first. The kingdom says, God first, others second, and you third. So there's this great ministry that came along that tried to get all these celebrities and great athletes to say, I am second, which is a great idea. And the principle is, um, God is first and I'm second. At Radiant, if it was to be a small group, I'd say, let's not do the I am second thing, let's do the I am third. I want you to just read. Jesus love God, love others. Here's, and then me. I'm I'm third. And, and here's the thing. Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then he says, he's talking. Jesus says, and all these things will be added. You would be surprised how if you put Jesus first, others second, J O, and yourself third, that and all these things will take place in your life. You'd be surprised how good your father is. You'd be surprised how much he likes to take care of you. You'd be surprised how good he really is. So in terms of priority, if you'll start to go, Jesus, you're my joy. And I'm gonna then find joy on kingdom mission, putting others before myself. And on that journey, you'll be surprised the amount of joy you'll start to experience. Supernatural joy. And it might not look like, I'm not. what I'm not saying is suddenly, oh, you do the Jesus dream and you get the American dream. I'm not saying that. I, that is not what I'm. What I am saying is that you will experience supernatural joy because sometimes you look at Paul in a Roman prison and he has more joy than a person laying by the pool on an iPad, perpetual uh, entertainment right there in front of them. They've got money in the bank. They've got a safe house with an alarm with a video on it. Hello, they're secure. They've got an insurance policy. They've got money in the bank. They're laying out by the pool. I mean, they've got a swimsuit that costs $100. And they're filled with depression. And here's Paul. Happy Paul. Roman prison cell preaching the gospel. Jesus, you saved me. I've joined the Calvary road and I'm taking the good news of the gospel to as many people as I can. And then I've developed a partnership and a friendship with the people in Philippi that they've decided to run with me. And I've just filled with so much joy over them. And Paul has many, <laughs> much more joy than many of us who have already got the American dream and found it wanting. And there's greater joy So the first one that he says here in chapter one, verse four, is he says, he says, pray. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you to pray. If you go, how do I start, David? How do I get there? Start with prayer. Pray for others on gospel mission. Pray for others on gospel mission. So if you're a small group leader, I want to invite you to pray for the people in your group. I want to invite you to join the prayer team up front and pray for people. I want, you'll be surprised if you will take praying for the believers in our church, other comrades, you'll start to care for them. He goes on here in verse eight, where he says, um, I long for you with the affections of Christ. And then verse nine, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. What's the secret to having love for them? It's to pray for them. How do I start? Well, let me give you the first, the first ingredient in the recipe that I see here in chapter one. He put Paul's praying for them. He's praying for the church in Philippi. What would it look like in your life, in the notes tab on your iPhone, in your morning time alone with God, in your prayer journal, if you had people in the community of faith that you prayed for? I mean, at Radiant Church, maybe it's your small group, maybe it's somebody that sits in your row, maybe it's somebody that serves on the team with you, but you will find more joy in those people when you start to pray for them, what happens is in the place of prayer, God downloads his heart into your heart. It doesn't necessarily make logical sense, but you will see people that you've prayed for and you'll be surprised how you will start to care for them more than you do. God gives you his heart in prayer. And so it's the easy, in fact, if you're saying, I can't lead a small group, I could never lead a small group. Let me tell you, this is my, this is like the easiest small group that you could ever start. It's super fun. I can tell you. This is just, let me, let, I'm just going to give it to you. This is small group training 101, all right? I'm going to start a, a small group. I don't feel like I know the Bible very well. I'm not athletic. I can't play pickleball, baseball, football. I don't have any skills or hobbies. I just, I got, but here's what I have. I like coffee. I will meet three people at Starbucks. We will all pay $6 for a <laughs> cup of coffee. We'll sit in a circle and I'll say, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? See you next week. I'm telling you, whoo, you watch. 13 weeks later, you're ready to to go to war with those people. (laughs) 13 weeks later, you're like, I prayed for your daughter. I've, I've prayed for the sickness of your father. I've cared. For, and I, I tell me, whoa, now, now, how are you doing? Now, I've prayed for you. Now, here's what I've said. And I got this Bible verse for you. And, and, and all of a sudden, you'll go from someone to saying, I'm just so cynical and tired of the church people to like, oh, right, I love these people. Like, oh. you, it'll happen. You'd be surprised how it's not really mostly about uh, the betrayal, the backstabbing of church people. And if you get the kingdom things in your heart, you'll start to love the people that you used to slander. You'll you'll start to realize, I delight in them. Oh, I'm praying for, they're not perfect. No, they're as messed up and broken as I am. But they're on the journey and I'm praying for them. I'd invite you to start with prayer. And here's the next one, verse five. Partner with others. That's the phrase that Paul uses, partner. Because of your partnership. When I think of partnership, I think of time, talent, and treasure. I'm going to use my time, talent, and treasure to push forward the kingdom movement, the church of Jesus Christ, what Jesus has called us to do. And so if you'll take that and say, God, what would it look like to build relationships with people that are in partnership for the kingdom of God, for the gospel mission, for what God's, and you'll, you'll be surprised how you'll take delight in those relationships. All of us know that we have an ache for relationships, the problem in our culture in 2023 is the way we feed that ache is not through partnership, but through popularity. We say, tell you what, I know how to feed that ache. If I can get more followers on Instagram, if I can get more people to applaud me, if I can if I, if I could get more popular online, or maybe if I, could get, um, if I could be more popular in my friend group, it, 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 it's, a, it's a balloon that will be popped and it will fail you. Popularity, we've watched it with so many celebrities. Popularity, it, it, it doesn't feed that ache. You know what does kingdom community, gospel partnership, where you, you develop these comrades that you're willing to like, you, we, can, man, we are united around Jesus and Jesus saved you. Yeah. He saved me and Jesus rescued you. Yeah. When I was in the pit, he rescued me and you want more people to be rescued. Yeah, I do. Well, so do I. Well, let's use our time telling church. Let's partner up and you, we look different. We smell different. We live in different parts of town. We, we talk a little bit different, but man, we got something that unites us. And the third one I see here in the text is in verse seven, where he says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. And this is the phrase, since I have you in my heart. I wanna wanna just say it the third way. It's the the typical preacher. I'm gonna do another P, prize others on gospel mission. Prize them, like care for them. I I, I think that we know what it's like to actually prize people, have someone in our heart. Last week, uh, I I was... uh, at a a party, and there was a uh, five-year-old girl uh, there with her mom, and she said, hey, David, can I show you that I can do a one-hand cartwheel? And I I don't know, in a party, in a moment like that, you're like, "Uh, sure, yeah, go for it, right? Like, she's five, and so she does this, she's five years old, and she does this one, maybe she might be six, I don't know, but she does this one-handed cartwheel, and um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, hey, awesome, that's great, but not the mom. The mom looks at me and she, I mean, she's radiating and she goes, she's the joy of my life. That's not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, that's exactly what she said. She said, that she's the joy of my life. I think as parents, we know what it is to have our children uh, bring us joy or to be the joy of our lives. Like you've experienced that moment. Might've been years ago, but we, we, we have experiences like that. I, one of the uh, fun stories that I have is, Many of you know John Egan. He was here at Bold Conference, and for 16 years we did ministry together in Colorado. And we're the same age. He's from New Jersey. And uh, I used to go speak at his church by myself. So his parents would come from Jersey uh, to Colorado, and then, and then I, I became friends with his parents. And then I would go by myself, and I'd, I'd preach at their church, and I'd stay at their house. So I became friends with his parents, Jack and Rose, which sounds like Titanic. That's what I thought. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'd stay with Jack and Rose, and uh, and early days when my kids were really little, you know, uh, I, I was just kind of a part of my routine as I'd go out to Jersey, probably once every couple of years, and, and and go and preach at their church. And I'll just never forget this time that Jack picks me up at the airport, and he's got the deep. He's lived in Jersey his whole life. He's got the deep Jersey accent, and he's like, and he's like, uh, telling me, he's like, hey David, we're in, I'm going to take you to where um where my boys, you know, John and Dan you know, John and Dan, they used to, they were baseball players before they were singers. You know, I know the singers now, and I know you guys like to go and you like to go to your youth conferences, but before they were singers, they were baseball players. I want to show you where they play baseball. And then we go out there. Ja, uh, John and Dan are twins, both in our church in Colorado. And so he take me—he took me to the, I mean, there's no reason for us to go together. I'm, I mean, all, I, but, but he takes me to their baseball field and Instead of taking me to the house or taking me to a coffee shop or taking me to lunch with the pastor, Jack wants me to go see where they play baseball. You know, and we're, So it's just me and Jack on the field. And we're just standing there and he's just standing there like this. He's like, yeah. One of them pitched. The other was a catcher. And yeah, before they were playing the bass guitar, before they were they were baseball players. <laughs> and we'd take them right over there. We'd get, we'd get ice cream. Yeah, it was, it was a good days, you know? And I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like me some Jack, you know. Here's what I found. Sorry, it's weird. Those boys were in his heart. Sure. He, he loved them. He knows them. He cares. Now they're grown old men, right? But he's still, he still, he holds them dear in their heart. And he helped them go to college. And he helped them get their jobs. And he loved them and knows them. And they're in his heart. I think as parents, we know what it is to have a kid that lives in our heart. Here's Pastor Paul, and he's talking even different than biological family, saying, "Kingdom family, I hold you in my heart." And I want to invite you to think: What would it look like for you to have people on mission, mutual mission? Yeah, and I know that people say, "Just love me for who I am," and why can't we just love people for where they? Are? That, that's a good. That's a good day. A good line of logic. This is different. This is not just mutual affection because I love you because you're you. This, that's different. This is, this is, we're on mutual mission. I hold you in my heart. We're, we're, we're a spiritual family. The same redeemer that redeemed me has redeemed you. The same passion that you have that he had where he, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he had joy. The joy of us, the redeemed, entering into heaven. So he endured sacrifice on the cross. And and when I go on mission with the king, I go alongside you and I find joy in you. Listen to the way Paul says this to the church in Thessalonica, says this, but brothers and sisters, when you were orphaned by being separated from you, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul did again and again, but Satan blocked me. Verse 19, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Pretty strong phrase. Paul says, you're my joy. I just think it's fun when we as parents, we might say our five-year-old, she's my my joy. Or we might say of our twin sons, "Uh, he's my joy. Great. And let's take another step to where your spiritual sons and daughters. That's what Paul's saying in Philippi or the church in Thessalonica. I've prayed for you. I've shared the gospel with you. You've said yes. We're on mission together. Now, I find joy in the partnership or here. I find joy in you. Joy, you're my crown. This is not crown like a king's crown. This is a crown like a victor's crown. Well, I I find joy. You're my crown. What I find the victory in is you. So on Monday night, again, another story. Monday night, I'm talking to uh, a couple in our church that leads small groups for teenagers. And um, she said to me, hey, David, when in this next season of small groups at Bold Youth, do we stay with the teenagers that we've been discipling for a year? Or do we um, pass them on and we get a new group of kids? And I said, oh, you stay with them so that you're with them all the way through and while they're being discipled. And, and so you, you keep, and she smiled ear to ear, got tears in her eyes, and she was elated. And she said, oh, yes. I love those girls. Okay, here's, here's, what, she's, here's what goes on. Um, this is a woman who could find her joy in Pinterest. This is a woman who could find her joy in the mall. This is a woman who could find her joy in a whole lot of other things. But there's this joy in discipling these girls and you can feel this delight, this joy, this mutual mission. And I'm telling you, some of you think, I just wish I could get some joy in my life. Number one, get it the right order, joy in Jesus. Start to find joy in others before yourself. And you will start to experience camaraderie and mutual mission with some people around you that are doing the same thing. And it will be supernatural joy rather than the fake joy that the, that the, that the planet offers. It just, it's just not there. And the planet will always say, find your joy in possessions because they can make a dollar off you if you find it in possessions. And we believe the lie, oh, if I could just get this, if I could just get that contraption, if I could just get those shoes. But possessions will never bring the joy that... You were created by God to have. It, it doesn't, it, it, those possessions. And I, I'm a full believer that we want to try to get everybody basic shelter and food. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things beyond what you need to try to fill the gap in your soul with just toys and trinkets. Those shoes that you think are so amazing, you'll be mowing the yard in five years later, right? <laughs> Said from experience, Right? So just come before God and just start, okay, God, help me find joy in you, in others, J-O-Y, and then find it, find it in people. And, and, and it's, it's tricky. Um, I, I find myself with people in this church filled with joy, longing to be with them. And, uh, Even though this church is relatively new, it's not been around 25 years. It's I'm ready to bleed with these people and I find joy in the partnership and gospel mission alongside them. I had a friend text me about two or three years ago. And uh, he said, David, I'm gonna be in Kansas City. Now this this was my BFF from high school. Like we boys, like we, I mean, we did sports together. We um, did, not like that great at sports, but anyway, um, we did some singing together. We traveled together. We had same friend group. I mean, we, I did a lot of life. Um, I actually went on vacation with him with his family when I was a teenager. Like I'm talking like my high school buddy, and he's like, "I'm being, I'm being KC." let's spend an afternoon together. I'm like, yes, I'm looking forward to it. We're hyping it up for like two months on texts before he ever comes. What's up? We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Come on. What's up? up? Are we old, but it's still going to be good. You know, like, what's up? I mean, you know, we're trying to, we're just, we're looking forward to it on texts. He arrives, I pick him up, I take him, go to one of, uh, Kansas city's hipster coffee shops, um, my, that's my plan. What are we gonna do? We're gonna do KC barbecue, KC coffee. That's what we do. Sit there, spend twenty dollars on coffee. You know, kind of what you do here, and uh, not quite twenty, but almost. Um, anyway, sorry for Dame's, Dave Ramsey's yelling at me and my inner man. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's true. And I'm sitting there, and 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 and, and we and at first it's fine. We're like, we're, we're living off of yesteryear. Oh, remember that? Remember this? Remember that? Yeah. Well, it's it's like, it's only been 10 minutes, but starting to fade a little bit. And we're like, yeah, yeah. turns out, you know, like he's, he's not following Jesus right now. And we're just, we're a little bit, it's just a little bit hard and we're, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And we got, his worldview is a little bit different than mine. And, and about 20, you know, 30 minutes in, it's, it's a little bit hard. And 45 minutes in, is hard, and an hour, we're like, okay, talked about some memories, I'm trying to make it great, I'm working on it, but it's, t- it's tough. If you ever listened to this, he'll tell you too, it was hard. Like, we're just like, we are, we don't have Jesus in common, and, and, and so the way that my life has is, is gone in terms of trying to spend my life, and the way that his has gone, we're so different, we're so hard, and I'm working hard, and I'm, I'm but it's just that... That camaraderie—it was difficult, It was challenging. And I'm thinking, man, I got five hours planned. I'm thinking I'm ready to be done in about you know seventy-five minutes. You know, like, and that's painful. But because it was just so, it's not there anymore. But for me to sit over here, and, and there's a radiant DNA is a, is a is a moment where you learn about the church. But there's a second step where we just sit together and feast together, and Renata and I get to know people, and we'll meet people, and we. Jesus is already who they're following, and they're already ready to lay their life down to try to do the, basically the mission of the church in terms of trying to reach young people in the city and the nations. And we'll find ourselves just talking all afternoon, just on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Because even though it's the first time that we've sat down at a meal together, man, we are partners in gospel mission. And I just want to invite you there's actual joy that even if you have, hey, we went to school together, we did a lot of things together. it's it's not the same as what you'll find in mutual mission. We're on mission together. So I want to invite you to ask really in a real way before the Lord today, who do you actually pray for from this church? Like just how could you, how could you just take one small step, just one little habit, just add it in your prayer journal. Okay. I'm going to pray for these three. I'm going to pray for these people in my small group. Or I'm gonna pray for these people. Maybe it's the people to sit by. Maybe I don't know anybody yet, so I'm gonna meet somebody before I go to, but just, you know, it's that, it's that atomic habits idea. Just, just get that one person. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start with just one. I'm gonna meet somebody today, pray for one. Who could you partner with? Your time, join the dream team. Uh, your talent, your treasure. Man, I'm gonna just start. I'm, I'm not a giver. I've never been a giver, but I'm gonna be a 1% giver. I'm gonna start. Or I'm, gonna, or I'm gonna give to something that you know that's making a difference somewhere. That's making a difference around the world in a, in a passion that you have. But I wanna, I wanna I'm gonna, you, will, you will find your, your joy, your heart be less and less strangled by the pleasures of the planet and more and more empowered by the pleasures of God. I wanna just close with this story. Um, I've told it before, I just wanna, I just wanna tell it again, because it's one of my favorite. Renata and I, um, we can have the keys come on out. In uh, July of, I think it was, I would guess, let's see, Addie's, I would guess it 2011. Um, Adeline is, was born in 07. But we went to a small town in Colorado for the 4th of July. And um, our kids rode bicycles at the front of the parade. And Renata and I were supposed to walk alongside them at the front of the parade. And um, it, the, the whole town was just packed with people uh, for the parade and on both sides. And, and uh, the story is, is that we looked up at each other. Where's Adeline? Don't see Adeline. And that, that pain, that fear when you've lost a child. It's one thing to lose your child, you know, in a grocery store or at the mall, but to lose your child at a parade where there's fire trucks, people everywhere, jam packed together. People have gotten there since early in the morning to just pack the streets and suddenly we can't find her. And I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know all the painful moments in my life, but this is, uh, this is at the top. I, 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 it's at least top three or four. I can't, and I just had this just massive ache. Like I can't see her. She's blonde hair, blue eyes, my little girl. And so I'm yelling at everybody. I'm like getting someone to watch the three kids that I do know where they are. I tell Renata, you go that way, I'll go this way. Sorry, and I'm just like, man, I'm just like um, freaked out. And I'm wanting so badly to find her, as you can imagine. Because the church where I was a youth pastor was a really big church, and so there's a lot of people that I knew that were there that I just happened to see and I was just recruiting people like a madman. Like, have you seen Addy? No, help me find her. And there and I was I was I was not I was not smiley, David. Hey, I gotta play it. No, I was I was help me, go. I can't find I'm, i mean just panic. Sorry. Right. And uh, two minutes turns to five, turns to ten. Everybody I can. I'm just just frantic. And, uh, and there were some of my friends, some people that I knew, they literally just looked at their families, said to the spouse, You stay here with our children. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna go help David find Adeline. And uh, and there were some that didn't. And I'll never forget the moment where I'm running, and I don't know how this turned out this way, but in God's kindness, me. After about 17 to 20 minutes, um, I've, I, I went the whole duration of the, the parade and Adeline had finished the whole parade and she had driven down about a couple blocks and she had not seen anybody and the parade had ended. And she got on her little bike and she just started coming back towards the parade and uh, where the people were. I'm, I'd actually uh, stolen a kid's bike, like a five-year-old's bike. And here I am, a fairly grown man, almost grown up, and I'm riding a like kid's bike, frantic, and people are like, is that Pastor David? Is he in the parade? Or what? you know, like, what's going on? I run to Adeline, I see her, you know, it's it was honestly like a made-for-TV moment, you know. I just hugged her. You can imagine what goes on in the mind of a father when his blonde little girl is missing. And I just hug her and so grateful. Call Renata. We embrace this rescue team that had helped us. um, Hugs us, hugs each other. Everybody's crying. It wasn't one of those like, oh, there it is. Yeah, no big deal. Okay, another day, another child. It wasn't that. It was all of us. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a traumatic moment. And I was thinking about the, the joy in that moment. My joy in my father, it, it, as a father, finding my lost daughter. Adeline's joy in being the lost daughter that's suddenly found. The joy of the rescue team that left the comfort of the curb that they had gotten there at early in the morning to get those seats on the curb to come help us. And they had more joy in the finding of Adeline than in seeing another fire truck with balloons on it. And I know this sounds a little critical, but can I just tell you the people that um, experienced no joy that day? Maybe fake joy. It was the people that stayed on the curb. What's up, David? I would... I would come, but I gotta save my seat. I gotta. I don't want to miss. I would come, David, but I, I, got, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, not, not. I'll jump on even with my iPhone. Just, and I don't want to be cruel, but I do want to say, I think that those people with a verbal friendship that were friends. I think that they experienced the least joy that day. And I think that if they could go back, they would trade that moment where they didn't spend those 20 minutes helping me find Adeline. I think that they would say, I wish I'd got up off the curb and spent that little moment to help do what matters most instead of enjoy the comfort of the curb. I think there'll be a day they will stand before God. We'll look back at this little 70, 80 year run we had on planet earth. He's looking for his lost kids. And I think we won't regret getting up off the curb, little window, God, here's my time. Here's my talent. Here's my treasure. You could have used it to make more money. You could have used it to have a bigger boat. You could have used it to have some other things, some better toys, But I'm all in with you, God. And you're in the business of finding lost souls. Your lost kids are out there. So I'm going to get up off this curb and I'll find more joy in him. His joy in me. My joy in finding the lost one. The lost one's joy in God and the rescue team high and along the way. Look what the Lord has done. And we celebrate baptisms and celebrate souls saved. It's not a fake clap, golfer's clap. It's tears. That's what I care about. Because that's what he cares about. And I've given my life for what brings joy to his heart. And because it brings joy to his heart, he's brought joy to my heart. I want joy in their heart, in God and the joy of the journey with the rescue team. Will you bow heads with me? Jesus, you're our life. We want to make you our joy. We thank you that for some wild reason, you find joy in us and you created us for relationship with you. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be a kingdom people that live on gospel mission together, that find joy in you, soul saved, and joy with one another to do what matters most. I pray, Lord, that you would create the bonds of friendship in this house. Thicker, stronger, deeper. Help us care like you care. For the unreached in the 1040 window that have never hurt. For the poor, the orphan, and the widow, those who don't have water to drink. For the hungry, for the isolated. For the lost in Kansas City that don't know Christ. For the children and the teenagers. Unite us around Jesus. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate one way that you can start to pray? Partner. What's your little yes today? probably a big yes. What's your yes? Could be today you're in the room and you're someone you're Adeline. You've lost your way. You're the kid that isolation, tired of living on your own. You need a father that finds you, embraces you, gives you a new start. Good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And there's a way to be found by your father. He's looking for you right now. He's on that bike. He's after you. You're the delight of his heart. Here's your job, just turn around. Turn that bike around, turn that life around. I look to him, he does the work, he saved you. He went to a cross, he died in your place for your sin that you might have eternal life. What do you do? You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Today, if that's you, I'm gonna invite you in just a moment to pray this prayer. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to have you come to the front. I'm not going to take you in another room. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand. And then I'm going to invite you just at your seat to pray a prayer between you and God. I want to invite you not to let this moment pass you by, but to make this decision to follow Jesus and let him save you. If that's you and you'd like to become a child of God today, Fellowship of the redeemed. We just raise your hand wherever you're at across the room. Just raise it. Whether you're online or in the room, we pray this prayer: Jesus, save me, rescue me, make me a new person. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together you made that decision today, I just want to encourage you to come to the front in a few moments and tell someone on the prayer team just so we can have a relational connect. We have this New Believers Bible up here and all of the prayer team is uh, ready to pray with you. And we'd love to give you a Bible. And it's the joy of our lives to get to go on the journey with you. Uh, And so I want to encourage you, if you're not wanting to do that, what you could do is just on the connection card, Or on the website, let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus and we'd love to be in touch with you and help you go on the journey. Let's take a moment. We'll uh, pray over our tithes and offerings. Jesus, we give gladly and joyfully, cheerfully. Take what we have, it's yours. It all belongs to you. So we give back, take it, use it. Use this house to make a measurable impact with our lives.